Hi, this is Bill Prater, and welcome to Business Builder Show, where we feature champions in their respective industries from all over the planet. Our mission is to provide you with timely, provocative, and actionable resources that will inspire, promote, and accelerate your quest for business excellence. Today, we're going to find out why companies trust Aproyo for its SAP success, and we'll listen to Claude Burns to find out why that is. Now, Wow. I'm sorry. So you can now tell, Chris, that I did more than one one interview today. No worries, but I like being called. I felt like a wrestling name. Yeah. Well, so what you'll even like better is that, oh, okay, is that, I got it. Are you a collector just happen to have it? Oh, no, I've got literally sitting here right now is the entire 1982 N83 wrestling card collection set. I've got three of them. I got my first one back from PSA today. And now I'm sending in my second and thirds of my collection. I'm a very large card collector. Uh, how long has that been going on? Since I was a young kid, I've, I've collected Mickey Mantles. I still have one of my original Mickey Mantle cards. I just love the statistics. I love numbers. So when I was a kid, I could literally recite statistics off of cards, and it's kept with me all these years. That's very interesting. That's very interesting. I don't know why my brain went. That's not right, but I did. All right, so we're gonna do. We're gonna start again. Okay, Mr. Carter. Here we go with the right name. Oh, I didn't finish down yet. Claude Burns, you'd like him. He's joined the, coincidentally, he got appointed or recommended or whatever you do to the Naval Academy right after 9-11. Oh, wow. So he, so he, went, so he was in for all of the, the Iran off Afghanistan and turmoil. And anyways, it was, it, that's why I just happened to talk to. His, he uh, he's, uh, provides basically food service for corporate America. So not corporate oh. America, because it's more geographical. So it's really Silicon Valley in San Francisco. Okay. But built himself a $10 million plus business in several years, ended up yeah. being 224 in, in his first Inc. 5000 endeavor. Very nice. I saw your plaque up there. Yes. Been very fortunate that I've been at a couple times with a couple different companies. Didn't make it this year, but there's always next year. There is, there is. Okay, here we go. One, two, three. Well, no, I'm gonna say my name first. Okay, Chris. <laughs> okay, one, two, three. Hi, this is Bill Prater, and welcome to the Business Builders Show, where we feature champions in their respective industries from all over the planet. Our mission is to provide you with timely, provocative, and actionable resources that inspire, promote, and accelerate your quest for business excellence. Today, we're going to find out why companies trust Aproyo for SAP success. And we'll hear from Chris Carter. Now, Chris has been on the forefront of the technology revolution. In fact, he created the first SAP cloud ever used by a client in 2005 and the first SAP uh, HANA 
production cloud used by a true blue client. And he continues, and now he's knee deep into AI, artificial intelligence, and uh, chat GDP, plus four integration to support his customers through tools and applications. And, and, is, and he personally is focused on unlocking the power of your data with his company, Aproyo, which is the ultimate solution for SAP HANA and cloud computing with AI. Wow, what a mouthful, Chris. Gee. Sure I seems think like a mouthful, Bill. Your whole space, I never really thought the space you're in would really change very much, but you're going to tell us it really has. Chris, elaborate on who you and your company serve. Yeah, thanks, Will. At the high level, it's companies running SAP software. But as you get granular and you really get into it, it's companies around the globe who literally are doing transactions globally or doing any type of a transactional aspect with SAP software. 87% of all of the world's transactions flow through an SAP software system of some shape or form. And we as an organization work with those companies to provide them services around their cloud, around their licenses, around the application itself, maintaining the uptime of those landscapes and really making sure that those organizations are fulfilled, that they can fulfill the duties and needs that they need to from an organizational standpoint across the global structure. And it's very honored that we have staff members and we're always looking for more staff members. So if anybody's watching this or listening to this, we're always looking for more talented individuals to help us. But it's those companies that we service and as a service man myself, from Lord above to the companies that we deal with, I, I fully believe that helping them to succeed to where they want to go helps us to go where we want to go and to help our staff go forward. These clients of yours, they buy and install SAP software, and then they sit around, scratch their head and call on you. So what is the problem or problems that being a user of SAP causes that you are able to solve, Chris? Oh, SAP users have a problem every single day. It can be everything from how to manage the system, how to implement the system, how to upgrade the system, how it works with cloud, how they print from the system, how they connect it to other companies who are using SAP. And that's just the top five off the top of my head here. Every day, companies have to make sure that is running 100% of the time in order for them to deal with their supply chain, bring in anything that they need to manufacture, to deal with the financials, to deal with HR, to deal with the warehouse management, to make sure that they can move uh, interstate commerce and global commerce. It's any and all of those activities and then when we start at the beginning, we start at the beginning from licensing the software to those organizations, then moving it forward with them. So it's literally anything and everything that has to do with that SAP system and whatever touches it, no matter if it's travel from Concur or if it's the transactions that you deal with your banks or your warehouses or your employees, 
all of those touch points interact and work through the SAP landscape and the SAP environment that we have to support them with. Chris, how do you solve the problems that you've articulated? What are what's your service delivery methodology? Oh, that's a great question, Bill, because it, it changes based upon each customer. You've okay. got customers that are, are working in old IBM AS400s. You've got companies that are working in the cloud. And depending upon what their need is, it could be a technical need. It could be a functional need. It could be a developmental lead, need. Excuse me. It could be an infrastructure. It could be based upon my book behind my shoulder here, security need or cloud or AI need. There's so many different pieces of the puzzle. It's contingent upon our team when they get a help desk ticket and they talk to a customer to understand what is that need, where does it go in the food chain of our help desk, and then for our help desk team to be able to solve that issue for them, either technically, functionally, security-wise, whatever the need per se. And then because we've broken up our help desk and we've broken up our team, based upon what the, the need is for specific customers, those tickets and those needs will go into those organizational structure of our help desk and really help support them based upon that specific request and need. And then our teams will come back together. And if it's something from a security side that hits the networking, the database, the operating system, it can then move across the entire landscape of our help desk and move them forward with support and hopefully solve their problem a lot faster than they expected. So Chris, I've got a technology background, IBM and so forth and so on. I know that you're in an extremely competitive business. There's, there's all kinds of gigantic consulting firms and small ones all over the planet. So tell us how you differentiate yourself from your competition. How do you, if you will, Put them in the dust. So I've been asked this multiple times through the years, and I, we're a smaller, more nimble organization. Are we better than in some of the big fives or the big fours nowadays? I don't know. I think we've got extremely talented people with extremely big hearts who care about their customers. We don't just bill you. We support you. We take care of you. It's truly my servant mission to support and help others. And by doing that, I do that through my company. I do that through my staff. And I do that from a global perspective. Are we the biggest? No. Are we the best? I didn't think we're pretty darn good. But I also think that we're not the cheapest. We're not the most expensive. We're not the longest running company. But what we do have is we have individuals within this organization and it starts with me who care about our customers, who will take care of them, who will make sure that they have the 100% uptime and who are going to be taken care of day in and day out, 24 hours a day. I love that answer. I know it came from the heart. So uh, let's uh, kind of change hats a little bit. And now we're going to talk, I want you to think that now the people listening to you are, are fellow business owners, yeah. entrepreneurs, people that want to be an entrepreneur. And so uh, tell us the story about how you built uh, your business. Uh, what were the major milestones? 
you know, where'd you, how'd you stub your toe? What'd you learn from it? Sure. This is actually my third different SAP company. My first one, I sold up the parts to that, to another organization that wanted that. The second one, I actually put into a receivership and closed down. I had put all my eggs in one basket and that one basket was a customer that said that they were going to outsource everything to India. And literally I had to cut 60% of my staff and wages within two months. And it hurt. I learned a great deal from that one, Bill. Not only not to put all my eggs in a basket, but also how to structure a business better, how to work with staff, how to work with customers and partners in that regard. And I actually took two years and I stepped away from the ecosystem. I went to go work for a small startup company out of California that asked me to run their New York and build their East Coast and U.S. practices. So I did that until the day that a good friend of mine, who is now an executive member of my board, came over with a bottle of scotch, placed it on my fire pit and said, let's talk about this new SAP HANA stuff that's coming out. I had no idea. I hadn't followed it for two years. Didn't really care. By the end of that bottle and that night, I had already made phone calls to Germany and to California to get on planes to be out there in the next week to start digging into it. I was very fortunate with some of the people that I had known over the years. They knew who I was and they knew my passion and they knew what I did with SAP. They allowed me to come in and be one of the first 20 SAP startup focused program partners. I didn't even have a tool. I didn't even have a solution. I didn't even have a name to a company yet. And they said, you want it, you need it, you got it. They gave it to me. And so Aproyo was born. Um, Aproyo is actually named after Bronson Arroyo, in case he's out there listening, if he's not playing in his band this week. My daughter thought she, she said hi to Bronson. Bronson was playing for the Cincinnati Reds. We were at a Brewers game. And lo and behold, I thought she said App Royal instead of a uh, Royal. So name, name the company after Bronson, who is a fellow baseball player. And lo and behold, we took off from there, created a SAP cloud, created a solution that companies from the mid-market up could get their organization, their structure inside of the landscape that we created. And what, 11 years later, we started in 2011. So 12 years later, here we are, ups and downs along the way, starts and stops. You never know what you're going to see when you see new technology come out. And we now have tools based around AI. We have tools that integrate with SAP, ChatGPT, cloud, and it's a continuous evolution and it's a continuous movement forward, maybe a step back, then three steps forward. And it continues every day in that regard. Learning along the way, no matter if it's a, a stop in the road or it's a continuation at full blast, everything's a learning experience. So did, did you bring in investors at the beginning or you bootstrapped all the way? No, sir. It's always been bootstrapped. 100% bootstrapped. How about building your team? You mentioned, uh, give, us a couple, give us a couple of stories of how you found people, how you brought them in, what they do for you. I'll give you uh, um, two stories. Uh, one is my chief technology officer, Sean Gilmore. Been friends with him since, well, 
25 years. He started the VCE practice at Dell. He grew up with them. He started over in Scotland, came over to the United States, and I've known him for one day, all of a sudden, out of the blue, VCE was going away. And I just said to him, hey, any interest in joining a really fast, nimble company that has really good scotch collection? And he, of course, said yes. Couldn't, couldn't resist my, my whimsical ways and my bottles of scotch. But we've known each other 25 years, and his SAP capabilities are second to none. And customers rely on his expertise and capabilities. The second one is my chief operating officer. And there's a theme here. I always try to go out and find individuals that either I know or who I know are more skilled than I am in certain areas. AJ also worked for Michael Dell. He actually worked with him in his VC groups, worked in buying and selling companies. I'm not looking to sell quite yet. Um, I've been asked several times, but there are opportunities there. I needed some assistance with being able to have somebody deal with the financial side of the company while I dealt with the sales, the marketing, the partnership activities. And then Sean deals with the technology growth of the company. The three of us came together. AJ Jennings, fantastic guy. He's bought and sold companies like Brocade, worked with um, VMware, worked with WebEx and others, actually ran it for a while. So it's good to have those people who I can rely on to take on those responsibilities as I take on my responsibilities. How does your company operate from a sales and marketing standpoint? Ooh, I'd like to say really well, but there are times when the market, especially during COVID and others, we're a CC Flex partner with SAP. So we work hand in hand with the account executives at SAP. We're a partner with a global $8 billion a year company called Insight out of Arizona. We work hand in hand with their salespeople, about 1,500 sellers that they have throughout the U.S. that we work with their SAP teams on, Dell, Microsoft, AWS. Uh, we work hand in hand with them from a partnership perspective. So we'll go in there with them as their SAP partner of choice, and then we'll solidify activities as we need to from a license perspective all the way to the AMS activities on a day-to-day -day basis. Excellent. So how about your management? What's your management system, philosophy? Keep it slim. I don't okay. need a lot of management. You've got Sean, AJ, myself. You've got one other individual who's our chief revenue officer. And then everything flows from us down. I don't want to have a lot of mid-level managers who are taking up space. And you're either working on systems or you're working to get more systems. That's my philosophy. We want to bring in more organizations to help them succeed and to help them grow. And then we want to bring in more individuals to help those companies from a help desk perspective. So we keep it very lean in that management activity and focus on the ones that really count. And those are the individuals who are supporting those organizations to grow them and to keep them consistent across the board. So do you, uh, Chris, do you, do you uh, create a, an annual business plan that you operate from with goals and that type of thing? Or how? what's your uh, philosophy there? Yeah, on a, on a yearly basis, Bill, what I do is I, I look through what we've done each year. 
uh, I look at the year prior as I'm building that plan or the year that I'm in as I'm moving forward, what I want to see from a growth perspective, what I expect from a growth perspective. Are we meeting our targets? What are my new targets going to be? What is each group's targets going to be as we move them forward on a year after year, quarter after quarter achievement? I also look at what our partners are doing. Are they growing? Are they cutting back? How are they from a perspective of their, are they doing more in SCP? Are they doing more in Azure or AWS? I balance what they're doing within each organization. And then I bring that together. And then I also, I just sit back and I think about it for a bit. How is the ecosystem going? Like right now we are in the largest upgrade cycle in the SAP history. And because of that, we know certain, or I should say, I know certain markers of the SAP for an upgrade cycle, where they need to go, how they need to work with the cloud, how they need to work with SAP in general, where they need to go with their licenses and to be able to move forward. You're either going to rise with SAP or you're going to grow with SAP. And so I make sure as part of my year-to-year planning and quarter-to-quarter where things need to be from not only numbers, from financials, but from employees, from partners, to sales, to interactions back and forth. Outstanding. Do you do you have monthly checkpoints or management meetings to keep track of those that plan, or how do you do that? Yeah, I've got a monthly checkpoint meeting with my chief operating officer. We have weekly meetings with four of us from an executive standpoint that we interact with each other. I want to know where our funnels are, where we are staffing. I work one-on-one with uh, my chief operating officer and then one-on-two with my controller. We look at the numbers from a financial standpoint. I then work with my HR and where we're at with staffing models. Uh, If we're bringing in new um, projects, where we need to bring in, do we need to bring in outside resources? Can we staff that internally? And then from our marketing sales activity, I work with our CRO on how is marketing working? I do a lot of speaking. As you see over, over this shoulder, that shoulder, yeah. over there. Yeah. I, uh, I wrote four books around SAP. And so I'm doing a lot of speaking right now. I'm doing a lot of discussion, not only with customers and prospects, but also with the American SAP user group, with IBM, as a matter of fact, with Insight and VMware and others about how they can leverage SAP and really bring that together. And those books talk about that from a chat GPT, cloud security. And so we want to support them. So I'm out speaking literally every other week at some event around the United States. I'm actually going to Spain to speak at the VDS event. And so it's continuous activity on making sure we're hitting targets. We're not hitting targets. Why? What's going on? What partner? Where are we hitting targets with them? Are we falling behind? Why did we fall behind? What's going on here? Did things back up? Things moving forward? And continuously having those discussions with each other. What do you feel or know that's holding you back right now, Chris? There's not enough time in the day is one. Uh, There's so much activity going on that... My biggest concern is the economy right now. I've got a, we had a pipeline meeting actually just yesterday on Monday where 
companies are telling us that because of the economy, because of the interest rates, because of where things are at, they can't move forward until they can see. And they're hearing that the Fed is going to go down to 2% interest rate in 2024, that they need to make some adjustments based upon um, revenues and where they're at. Our biggest, our biggest no right now is I need to hold off because of the economy. And unfortunately, we're hearing that a lot right now. I would imagine you are. Chris, how can our listeners uh, contact you? If it's one way for everybody or if it's a different way for the your, your prospects and clients, staff, potential staff members, you personally, what's the road into Chris Carter? Sure. I used to give out my personal cell phone number, but I've stopped doing that. Okay. But... You can reach us at our website, aproyo.com, A-P-R-O-Y-O.com. You can contact me directly. Just use that aproyo.com and put a CC at. Pretty easy. Any of our social platforms, most of them are aproyo in one way, shape, or form. And feel free to reach me at any point in time. Or even if they just want to ask a question. I, I do that a lot with organizations and individuals. It's not even a selling opportunity. It's how can I answer a question that you may have about SAP, about the cloud, about AI, chat GPT, cybersecurity. You know, I did write the books on them. So feel free to ask the questions and I'll even send you one of my books free of charge just to, if you have a question that you need answered. Beautiful. You're being very generous and open. Chris, finally, what's one question that I should have asked you that would give huge value to our listening audience? And then what's the answer to that question I should have asked? Oh, there, here's one question. Why is SAP going through the largest upgrade cycle in its history? Since I'm an SAP partner and customer. And that is because everybody needs to go to S4. Um, Sam4. If you are on SAP or if you are a new customer, you must be on SAP's S4 by 2027. It is mandatory. You must be there. Um, it's the evolution. It's moving them to the cloud. It's making sure that you're secure, you're in the cloud, you're using the newest tool sets, and it, it is what SAP is mandating. That's why we're the number, it's in the number one upgrade cycle in SAP's history. Excellent, excellent, excellent. It's a collision of opportunity and the the economy that seems to be having a lot of people screwing around with it. Yes, unfortunately so. And right now there is not enough people in the SAP ecosystem to do all the upgrades that need to be done by that timeline. So we're telling organizations, let's get to it now. Let's have those conversations. Let's discuss. Let's break it down. And then. Let's put a plan in place so you can get to that goal and move forward. Chris, thanks very much for sharing all about your company and the services it delivers to people. In the, and thanks very much for being so transparent about how you've, how you've succeeded as a business owner and some of the lessons you learned. So maybe we, our listeners, can avoid some of them, Chris. It's, I always say it's a, everything is learning, ups and downs. It's always a learning experience. God put that learning experience in front of you for a reason. 
take it and learn from it. And in that regard, everybody, in closing, let's focus on the single fact that our businesses don't become extraordinary in a single moment. Instead, they get there as a result of the owner first learning and then applying a proven combination of having a visionary strategy, of having a management system to execute that strategy, and number three, leveraging high-performance teams. Now, you can get those three tools. Just go to Business Mastery Pro and get your hands on them on me for free. So thanks for listening. Chris, thanks for sharing your time and wisdom with us today. Thank you for having me, Bill.